It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. He served eight years in the U.S. House, and now he is a recovering politician. Trey Gowdy, welcome. Thank you, Bill. It's great to be with you. How do you liken life on the outside? You know, ironically, it's busier than it ever was in Congress, but it's self-inflicted busyness, Mm -hmm. and um, and I love it. I said before, you'll never see my name on the ballot again, and I'm even more convinced. I'm going to say a maybe on that one. Let me come back to that at the very Uh, end. you serve the Greenville Spartanburg area. Yes, so that's a lovely part of the country. Would love to have you move there I, I, when I, you retire. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you. Um, specific question, and you have been on television making this point. Don't make the Mueller report public. Why not? Well, the way I look at it, Bill, there are two aspects to the Mueller report. There's the counterintelligence part about what Russia did to us. Um, I don't think you can make that public. You have sources and methods and a lot of highly classified information. The other half of it is the criminal component, Um, and we don't have a history in this country of issuing reports on uncharged people. Remember, Comey was summarily uh, criticized for what he did to Secretary Clinton, uh, that July 5th press conference. We're not going to charge her, but let me list all the reasons that we could have. Horowitz, I.G. Horowitz, the inspector general, was was very critical of Comey because it violates DOJ policy to do that. So the way I look at the Department of Justice, you either indict or you don't indict. In this case, not only do they not have evidence beyond a reasonable doubt, they don't even have enough to make a charge, which is probable call. So if the department is going to start issuing, making public investigations about people that you don't even have enough information to charge, that is a slippery slope. Okay, so now the way I understand it, Bill Barr has jurisdiction yes, sir. over what is – Made public and what is not. Yes, sir. Right, that's the way the law is set up. Yes, sir. Why do you think Mueller failed to make what appears to be a conclusion on obstruction? Why did he pass on that? Um, again, I'm in a really small universe uh, in my perspective on that. If you remember, Johnny Ratcliffe and I questioned Jim Comey at some length about what the powers of the presidency are with respect to ending investigations and pardons. And the reason I did that with Comey is because there is some unsettled law as to exactly what a president can do. I mean, a president could pardon you today, Bill, before you were ever charged. A president can call the the United States attorney and say, look, I'm going to pardon Bill Hammer, so don't even waste your time. So I think it's an open question, can a president obstruct an investigation? Surely if you you spoliate evidence, if you— encourage witnesses to lie. Of course, that's obstruction of justice. But saying, I hope you can see your way clear to let Mike Flynn go, when all the president had to do was say, you know what, Comey, I'm going to let Mike Flynn go. Whether you think I should or not, I'm going to. Nobody argues that's obstruction. So I think what Mueller was saying is, look, we don't know the department's position on whether the president can obstruct justice or not. That's for y'all to decide. We're going to punt it to you. Not just the factual interpretation, legally, can a president be indicted for obstruction of justice when he or she is the head of the executive branch? That's how I interpreted that. Is is DOJ, 
you're the one who sets the policy. Remember, the policy is a sitting president can't be indicted. Oh, DOJ set that policy. Can a sitting president obstruct an investigation when he's the head of the executive branch and the investigation does not end to him? It's an open legal question. I so think that's why he did it. Why, why does Adam Schiff believe that he has something here? What, what does he see that you don't see? Um, his political future um, disintegrating. Um, Adam is so um, closely linked to this collusion. Again, it was what, uh, March of 2017 when Schiff said he had evidence beyond circumstantial, not quite direct. He had the president indicted and in jail um, even within the last couple of weeks. So um, his political future, uh, at least among reasonable people, is tied to President Trump must have done something wrong because Schiff spent two years telling people he had done something wrong. So now he's pivoted and said, OK, well, there may not be evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, that's fine. He's not a criminal, but he still did a bunch of stuff wrong. And that's fine, Bill. He can investigate the president. It's a separate branch of government. My point is, Congress, you're not entitled to the bar report. You're entitled to go conduct your own investigation. Go interview the witnesses yourself. But this is an executive branch investigation where Mueller reports to the Department of Justice. He doesn't report to Nadler and Schiff. I, I, politically, I don't think the president's going to take that position. I think most people legally agree with me that Congress can't. Let me make one other point. Do you remember when Schiff voted to release the transcripts to the special counsel? Sure. Okay. Why did they have to vote? Why couldn't the special counsel just come get those transcripts? Because it's a congressional investigation. Mm -hmm. And they're not entitled to legislative branch material. The same way Congress is not entitled to executive branch material unless they give it to them. You have no legal right I to just, it. Well, if you turn this argument around, does Schiff see something there? Was he led to believe something? Is there something hidden deep in this report that we're about to discover? Do you have a job with the Hillary Clinton administration that never came to be? What's just well, go, go at it from that perspective and try and give an explanation. I, I think there are a lot of folks that think, I mean, look, I was with Schiff on the Benghazi committee, um, which, you know, from my vantage point was about four Americans who lost their lives. Um, but to a lot of other people, it was about her email. Uh, Adam did everything in his power to protect Secretary Clinton during that Benghazi investigation, um, everything in his power. So it wouldn't shock me at all if he was going to be the CIA director or the AG. I don't know that. He mused about running for the Senate. Um, he clearly has aspirations within the House. He's so closely tied um, to Trump having done something with Russia. I mean, he spent two years telling us that. So when you press him on it, he comes up with this meeting at Trump Tower. That, that's always his go-to, that Donald Trump Jr. was willing to take negative information about candidate Clinton. I've never once heard him address the reality that Fusion GPS actually did take Russian dirt on candidate Trump. So I think what most Americans think is, well, if it's wrong for Donald Trump Jr. to ask for dirt on Clinton, why is it not also wrong for the Democrat National Committee to pay for dirt on Donald Trump, um, I've never heard Adam uh, distinguish those two. How patterns. much? How much of this story do you think we have not learned? Over half. 
really. Sure. I mean, I've looked at everything that can be looked at from a classification standpoint. I, Devin and Paul let me look at let me look as much as anybody in Congress. Devin Nunes and Paul Ryan. Uh-huh. Uh, when I was there, Johnny Ratcliffe, who for my money is the smartest lawyer in the House, is now on the House Intel Committee as a terrorism prosecutor. He's looked at everything. You know, there's a debate raging in the country. Lindsey Graham and others have, have talked about investigating the investigators. I'll look at it a little bit differently, providing oversight as to how this happened. But the reality is Peter Strzok started something in July of 2016 that did consume the Trump presidency and did put a cloud over the Trump presidency. And the net result of that is not, hey, it's a close call. We just can't win it in court. It's no evidence of collusion. And I do think there should be somebody should give some explanation as how this cloud existed over what turned out to be no evidence. So what Barr has said, based on his principal conclusions, I think is uh, the technical term for what he put out a few weeks back, is that nobody colluded with Russia. That that should give the American democracy a boost in the arm, I would think. Maybe a shot of confidence. I don't have if, a chance if, to... Uh, if the Russians put the bait out there and nobody took it, that's a good thing. That's exactly what Barr put in his letter. If you remember that sentence where he said, despite multiple opportunities, no one with the Trump campaign colluded with Russia. I don't often have a chance to agree with Jim Comey, so I'll take this opportunity to do so. I think he said in the past couple of days or recently that it's a good thing. It's a good thing that the president of the United States did not coordinate with Russia in 2016 I think there are a lot of disappointed people that the Mueller report came out the mm. way it did, and and Schiff would be one of them. I wonder ultimately if it makes our system stronger. It will if we can focus on the first part of what began this you know, Mueller probe. What did Russia try to do to us? And when I say over half the story hasn't been told, I think at some point – my fellow citizens are going to realize it wasn't just the DNC that was targeted. It wasn't just John Podesta. It was a whole lot of folks. A whole lot of Americans were targeted by Russia and will view Russia as the common enemy instead of viewing one another through a political prism as the enemy. But that can only be true if if my fellow citizens have the full panoply of what Russia tried to do to us in 2016. So I think if, that'll be united. If we only have half of the story, what more is there? Oh, I think uh, what Russia tried to do in 2016. It was so th- that that's the aspect of the story that you're referring to. Um, I, that's part of it. I think there's another aspect as to when exactly this counterintelligence investigation began. Such as what? Yeah, we 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 pressed the department really hard. Are you sure it began in July of 2016? Nothing before then. Uh, Devin Nunes is convinced that it began months sooner than that, perhaps even late 2015. Um, Devin's a friend. He's a former colleague. Um, We view the facts a little bit differently, um, but. My fellow citizens are entitled to a to an accounting on on when it did begin. If the department says it began in July of 2016 with the struck initiation, that's one thing. If Devin's right and it began in December of 2015, uh, that's a long time to have a six, seven, eight more months. What was happening in December of 2015? 
Well, I think the question is whether or not the Bureau was looking at the Trump campaign. And if they had suspicions about anyone in the Trump campaign, why not do a defensive briefing with Donald Trump? Why not say, look, we know you don't do all the hirings on your campaign, but we have some questions and concerns about people who have volunteered to help you. Just be wary. It's called a defensive briefing. It's Mm -hmm. done all the time. So why wasn't it done? I think that's a, that's a question Lindsey Graham has, and it's a good question. Um, if that is the case, then there is another investigation of the investigation itself. There are two ongoing now. The, Michael yeah. Horowitz, the inspector general, uh, and John Huber, who's a United States attorney, are, are looking into the FISA process. I, I have a lot of confidence that those guys are going to uncover additional information, and those investigations are very different from congressional uh, investigations. When do we learn about that? For, for those of your listeners who don't know Horowitz, Horowitz is the one who found the struck page text. He's the inspector general who wrote the analysis of the Clinton email investigation, yeah. was critical of Comey. He's a straight arrow, um, but he's going to take his time, and he's under no one's time clock. Mm-hmm. I would say, what are we in? We're, we're in the spring of 2019 now. I would say by the fall, I think Horowitz will be done. This struck um, text that you refer to. Was that the insurance policy if he wins? Which text was that? Well, Horowitz found them all. His investigation yeah. is what but uncovered. The one in July of 2016. Uh, oh. August of 2016 is the insurance policy. July of 2016 is when Strzok signed the document, authorized, initiated the counterintelligence investigation into Donald Trump's campaign. Now, the Bureau will say, well, no, 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 it wasn't into the Trump campaign. It was into what Russia was doing. The problem with that is that's not what the documents say. The documents uh, specifically reference the Trump campaign. Hmm. So that's July of 2016. Peter Strzok, with historic levels of animus against candidate Trump, initiates a counterintelligence investigation. This is after he said Trump would be destabilizing for the republic. It was after he said Clinton should win $100 million to nothing. And frankly, it was before the insurance policy text and and the one where he said, I'm not sure I'm going to join Mueller's team because I don't think it's going to lead to impeachment. Hmm. This is a counterintelligence expert who should live for the chance to investigate what Russia did to this country, except he wasn't interested in that unless it led to impeachment. Why does the I mean, you're a former prosecutor. Yes, sir. lawyer trained in law. Why does this take two years? Is this the natural course? The Mueller probe, why did it take two years? Um, My sense is the counterintelligence investigation that he did um, requires sensitivity um, to our allies and folks who help us gather information. Um, You're you're talking about cyber attacks. Um, It takes a while to piece sources together. They interviewed, what, 500 witnesses? That's right. Um, That, if you did one a day, you're— your, what was it, you know, 20, a year and a half. 2,500 subpoenas? Search so, warrants. So you're saying that this is the normal course of an investigation. It is. The difference, Bill, is most of your fellow citizens have no idea a counterintelligence investigation is going on. They don't know what's going on. In this case, we knew it was going on, so the clock existed in our head. We thought, oh, it's been a year. He must have something. It's been a year and a half. He must have something. I don't think you can name another counterintelligence investigation that has occurred in your lifetime because you're not even supposed to know they exist, much less when they started and when they ended. This one's just different because Comey confirmed it publicly, and then and then Mueller was appointed. So we've all been kind of on this 
watch for the Democrats has been an indictment watch. For Republicans, it's been an exoneration watch. But they've all been on a watch. It's unlike any other investigation. Most investigations, you have no idea what's going on, and you really don't know when they start. It's a great point. Why did you get in politics? Boy, I didn't have that many other options. I mean, I was coming out of a prosecutor's office. I I knew that I needed to do something else, um, you know, run for attorney general. I had a friend running for attorney general who now is still the attorney general you in South have, Carolina. You could have stayed in law. I could have. I got back as quickly as I could. Um, you know, in hindsight, I, I should have. I should have gone straight to law in hindsight. But um, you live and you learn. Made a lot of great relationships. Still have a ton of friends. But um, it just wound up not being. I wasn't good at it, and it just wound up not being. You did not think you were good I, in I, Washington. I really don't. I, really I mean, I, I asking questions in five-minute increments is, is hard. It's hard to unlock hmm. the truth in five-minute increments. Hmm. I mean, you and I have been at it for— 20 minutes and you we could come up with a lot of things we didn't cover i got 100 more questions too if we had the time brian mulrooney former prime minister of canada he once told me i said why these why these folks they they live four seasons lives you know ritz carlton like lives and they're spreading out to all these different states across the country they're on the road for two years living out of a suitcase what is uh, they don't need it but they want it and they want it for a reason what is it and he said they feel they have arrived at a time in their lives where they can influence the outcome of history, and that's why they're in the game. Do you believe that? Some of them I do. I think uh, people like Tim Scott. Uh, I think people uh, like Joey Kennedy. I think uh, the people that I was closest to in politics, I think, uh, feel a calling to public service. And, and you know, one of those is a Republican and one's a Democrat that I didn't vote with much, but I have a ton of respect for Joey Kennedy as a person, as a legislator, the higher up you get, I mean, to be able to look in the mirror and see the leader of the free world um, takes a special set of characteristics. I mean, to look in the mirror and say, I am capable of leading every single one of my fellow citizens and making decisions that could impact the future of the world's greatest republic takes a certain self-confidence. It also takes a willingness to put everything that's ever happened in your life on display. And, um, look, Joe Biden's lived it for the past couple of days. Uh, the rules are changing. They have changed. I spoke to a group of students. I'll tell you the same thing I told them. If you want to change the world, teach. Don't go, on, don't go into politics. Wow. Teach. Good message. I think your previous point meant that they have big guts. <laughs> There's another word for that. Self-confidence. Yes. Uh, la- last point on this is that I've heard from – I have never – I have not lived in Washington, D.C., in part because I don't understand how the town works. Um, but I'm told part of Washington's problems is that the relationships that used to be between two parties is no longer. Because people don't spend time together on the weekends anymore. Is there truth to that? I think it is true that we don't spend time on the weekend. I think the reality is if you did not go home on the weekends, your voters would say you'd gone Washington and lost touch. So yeah. you're, you're kind of darned if you do and darned if you don't. 99.9% of us get along 99% of the time. Um, and that's a, that's across every, whether it's Tulsi Gabbard, Kirsten Sinema, Luis Gutierrez. I, I mean, I really only had what I consider to be a bad relationship with a single colleague. Oh, yeah. Are you naming names? And you could or? probably guess who it is. Um, are the initials <laughs> A.S.? I think or? his new first name is Chairman. 
uh, which is lamentable because I got along with everyone else. So what was the pro- Was it a personality issue or was it political? With Schiff, mm-hmm. um, it, it, you know, we were on two committees. I'm trying to be fair to him. Uh, it wasn't easy being a Democrat on the Benghazi committee. Um, it, it was not easy um, being on the House Intel Committee investigating Russia. Um, I, I think, I think uh, it could have been done in a less overtly political way. I think uh, Adam could have advanced his career and done so in a less overtly political way. Uh, ironically enough, um, I didn't have a bad relationship with any other Democrat on the Benghazi Committee or on the House Intelligence Committee. It was just him. Mm. What would he say about you, do you think? Um, pretty much the same thing, oh I think. Yeah, for, <laughs> I mean, I, if I'm being honest, he would say the same thing. The difference is I have no political ambitions. I got out. Um, and we'll see uh, We'll see how long he stays in. Wow. What's next for you? Practicing law, um, doing a little bit of speaking, may write another book. You know, Tim Scott and I have now written and read the same That's number. Right. We're one each. Mm-hmm. So be a better husband, better father, and uh, pull for my friends that have remained in public service. Good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Yes, sir. We'll see you around, all right? Yes, sir. Trey Gowdy, the recovering politician from South Carolina. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmertown. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.